love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski. I'm here with my co-host, professional triathlete, Haley Chura. Haley, I was watching some of your Instagramming over the weekend, and it seemed like you had a fun, like party-filled race weekend with everything from kind of reunions with like triathlon friends to coaching stuff to like hanging out at the race and doing all sorts of fun things at the race, racing itself, doing your YouTube vlog. I need to figure out how you're still awake and and podcasting with me right now, because I think you've had like a bender of the last three days. So tell me where should we begin? You went to St. Anthony's triathlon. We'll start there. I guess we'll start at the top. Um, the famed St. Anthony's triathlon, which we've had many guests over the years come to us and say how amazing this event is how it's always a must do event. Like people go back to it year after year. So have you already bought your plane ticket for 2024? Are you now like a St. Anthony's fan? What's, what's going on? I am officially a St. Anthony's fan. I, I went into this weekend with a very ambitious plan. I think I talked about it last week a little bit. I knew it was going to be ambitious. And then it, you know, there wasn't much margin for error. And then like immediately off the bat, my flight was delayed. And so my margins got (laughs) significantly smaller. Um, I do feel like I have not slept in like four or five days. I'm not even sure what day of the week it is, but I'm back in Bozeman now. But, um, I, I have wanted to do this race for a little while. I, I really regret taking this long to get there. I think that, it's an incredible, incredible event. And it lived up to all the hype. Um, as we, as you mentioned, we talked to Susan Daniels, the past race director and Julie MT Walker from the Atlanta Tri sisters last week and got some background on St. Anthony. So I kind of knew what to expect. And the reason I was going, a lot of it was because of the people we've talked to on the podcast. I think the initial idea for this, this like very jam-packed weekend came from my friend Shelly, who also was the same friend who came up with the idea to run the, uh, try to qualify for that Olympic trial. So Shelly occasionally comes up with these very, uh, creative, uh, challenges for me. And then for some reason I try to pull them off and then I'm like somewhere along the line, um, doing something on very little sleep. And I'm like, Shelly, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She always has the best ideas. And, um, I think this was a great one. And so I think I started planning things like back in January, kind of reaching out to, um, people being like, okay, I'm thinking I might come to St. Anthony's, you know, uh, or is that swim still happening? And that kind of thing. So that is how my weekend started. I ended up landing in Tampa around 1 a.m. on Friday morning and because of some weather delays. And I was very, very lucky that my good friend Betty Janelle was flying in as well. And she ended up landing like maybe 30 minutes after me. Her flight had actually been like take like they had to detour to Tallahassee because of the weather and like they like deplaned and like all that. So I was coming in from from Bozeman through Denver. And so we came at the same time, which was very lucky because the rental car line was like, it was going to take me hours to get a rental car. And so her husband had been waiting for like hours in the cell phone lot in Tampa and was able to just pick us up because I also conveniently did not have a bicycle. Um, so I had less luggage because my bike did not make it to Tampa on that same very late night flight. But, um, you know, I was just rolling with the punches, got to my place and then I borrowed their car and like a few hours later woke up and drove out to treasure Island. Uh, when I woke up that morning, I will admit that the weather was like so bad. The weather looked so terrible. Like it was storming. And I texted joy Edwards, who is from the St. Pete mad dog tri club. And I asked joy, I was like, you know, this is, this one isn't happening. Right. Like there's no way it says like lightning thunder, like terrible winds. I was just like, this swim isn't happening. She's like, Oh, we swim rain or shine. Oh and gosh. I was like, <laughs> there was a bit of me that was definitely like, you know, I'd set an alarm for six 30, but I had gotten to the, you know, the Airbnb at like two. And so I really wanted to keep sleeping. Um, <laughs> this is also coming from mountain time, but I was like, okay, joy, 
you say it's happening, rain or shine, you know, I committed to this. I'm going to get myself out there. So I drove out there and I did bring Gerard Hubbard, uh, from, you know, pro triathlon training videographer, photographer with me, which I'm so glad I did. So hopefully we got some good content. Um, if only content of me doing crazy things, but maybe having the video, the camera there does make you do some like things you wouldn't normally I'm like falling for that YouTuber influencer it gives you some extra like adrenaline or something or like yeah (laughs) you're like someone's gonna see this I might as well take the risk and um and so I got to meet Joy and her mom Jackie Yost I was really excited about meeting Jackie uh icon in the sport 94 years old and she um you know raced triathlon until just a few years ago and so it was really incredible to meet meet Jackie. And, uh, I did get to record a little interview. So hopefully we're going to have that next week. Um, and it was just a really, really, really cool, like to hang out with them. When I got there, the power was out because the wind was blowing so hard and we just got to sit and chat for a little bit. And, um, I got there, her house is full of like triathlon memorabilia and articles from like the nineties of St. Anthony's triathlon. So I got to like learn a little bit more of the history there. And, and then slowly more and more mad dogs started showing up, um, fellow pros, Grace Alexander and Rachel Mensch, who we've had on the show this year. Uh, they both showed up with the, I think their homestay families had brought them. And so it was pretty cool. We had a, like a really good little group. And so we walked down to the water. Cause we're like, is this going to happen? And joy was actually the first person like in a swimsuit, like the waves were insane. <laughs> I had no intention of going in the water really, but then joy's like going to go in. And I was like, okay, I can't let joy just go in by herself. And so Grace and Rachel and I like had our swimsuits on, we went in and I was definitely influenced because the water was so warm and mm, treasure Island helpful. is on the Gulf side. And I just don't get that like a warm ocean experience it's been a while. So, um, I was like, I'll just wait in. And then they're like, okay, we'll just swim a little bit. And then joy starts swimming. And so we just follow. And then there was a moment where we were swimming and the waves were like crashing. And I'm like, okay, this might not be the best idea. You know, because one, I'm very susceptible to seasickness. And two, I'm like, I'm going to get like injured out here before the race. And Um, but the one good thing is we had like this pack of the mad dogs, like kind of, we were swimming parallel to the shore and you could see like 20 people on shore, like making sure we were okay. So it it felt like the safest way to do something that's inherently not safe. Um, I don't know what the like worst conditions you've ever swam in Alyssa, but this, you know, it was, it was around there. Yeah. I have to say I'm pretty risk averse when it comes to open water swimming in general. I mean, I've definitely swum, this is like not triathlon related. One time I was, we were on a family vacation in Barbados and my dad had gotten me like a surf lesson. And that was hands down where the guy took us like the worst conditions I've ever done in my entire life. And it was terrifying. And, but in terms of like, you know, I felt like I had to do that because my parents got me this lesson and the guy was like pulling me basically. I wasn't even swimming. It was like pulling me out. I couldn't swim out. Um, but willingly, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty risk averse when it comes to open water swimming you for bad the camera there. Yeah. yeah. No. It, okay. It actually wasn't as bad as it looked. I have definitely, I think I have been in worse. I have had one when I was surfing, um, in California, in California, I've had, I've had a few scarier incidents. Um, but this one, it wasn't like crashing on you necessarily. It was just like very wavy. And so at one point I did say, I was like, I got to turn around. Cause I just know my limitations with like seasickness and what I hadn't eaten and how little sleep I'd gotten and how dehydrated I was. Um, very bad combo. And I still wanted to get that interview with Jackie. <laughs> I'm like, I have plans. So we did turn back and it was way worse going back, but also I was like going a little harder. So I think that like is a little better for me. And Gerard did get some drone video, which I have no idea how he flew that drone in that wind and makes me very nervous, but it worked out. Okay. And, um, but we made it back and then they have the, the mad dogs do this every Friday at Jackie's house. And they, uh, you know, had coffee and because the the power did come back on. So they'll Mm -hmm. make some coffee and, um, cinnamon rolls and fruit and like, just had a really nice social time. And I'm really, it was so cool to meet them. She also, uh, her, her husband who has since passed away, who also did a lot of triathlons had them install an outdoor shower with warm water. Oh. So we were, and it was like full service. They had like shampoo and stuff like in their backyard. That's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, yes. I mean, it was like 
heaven. And it's, this is the coolest family. I, I mean, we'll talk more about them next week, but just the coolest family in triathlon, I think. And I'm so, so thankful I got to meet them. And that kind of, that set off the tone of the whole weekend where I was like, okay, this is not a weekend of a lot of sleep, but this is a weekend of incredible life experiences. And, and that's kind of how I kept going from then. I did record, um, I enlisted, uh, Grace Alexander and another pro Kaylee Slade, who is, hasn't been a guest on the podcast yet, but definitely one we need to get to. She ran at Emory, incredible runner in our sport, brand new pro. She, I think has done maybe two pro races. Um, I think Miami and, and then St. Anthony's was her second, but, um, to help me answer a question I had gotten on YouTube about being a collegiate athlete and then how that kind of helps with the pro career, because I understand when I graduated from college, like Wait, 15, 16 years ago? I was getting like, I, mean, I was getting emails about my high school reunion the other day. I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> 20 years. This is it like 20 years? Right? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's surely not. And I was like, oh, Alyssa, you are getting old. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to get some younger people to help me with this because of, uh, you know, things have changed. And so that was kind of cool. And to get the runner perspective, Grace and I both swam in college and, you know, had different college swimming experiences. So I'm excited for that video to come out. Um, and then, I also got to, um, you know, check out the race venue a little bit, which was pretty neat. St. Petersburg is a really nice place. I didn't know this <laughs> until I went there, but, um, and then on Saturday I did get to meet up with Julie Walker from the Atlanta Tri sisters and frequent guest. I got to meet her in person, which is like, so cool. It's so weird when you've talked to someone like so many times on the phone and then finally get to meet them in person. And Oh my gosh, Alyssa, she's even better in person. Like I was like, oh, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. And I met Deborah and Melanie. I mean, all the women we've had on from the Atlanta Tri Sisters, and they had a huge group. Also, near and dear to my heart, they all wear neon, which was like the best. You know, I love the neon yellow because I could spot them. And then also I felt like I was like kindred spirit. Um, I was wearing a neon orange shirt because I wore like head to toe neon as much as I could, but I did sign up to volunteer and, um, technically had to end up to volunteer at the finish line, but I used that shirt to get myself into the start <laughs> Yeah, because this is a pool swim, the meek and mighty triathlon, which they have the day before, you know, the Olympic and sprint distance triathlons at St. Anthony's is, is a pool swim, gorgeous pool, like incredible pool right there like next to the beach basically. Mm -hmm. And next to the park where all the triathlon happenings are, are going on this gorgeous, like 50 meter pool that they set up, you know, 25 yards with like the lanes double wide. So they can like snake it. I guess the athletes like snake the, the swim and it was so cool. I mean, there were so many, a lot of first timers, but I met a guy, um, I met about the mad dogs actually, he was 85 and doing his first triathlon, which Whoa. was pretty cool. And I did get to watch him race. And then, um, you know, there was just a lot of the, uh, you know, Atlanta Tri sisters, some fast people, Betty and Ernie, my good friends, you know, they both race and they're definitely race veterans, but just are really enjoying the super sprint distance right now and sprint distance tries. And so it was really fun to watch them race. And that's what you talk about the friend reunion. Um, and I think Neil Henderson, who's like a very quite famous triathlon coach, he was racing. And I oh. think he said he had first done that race 30 years ago. And so he just jumped right into it. And so you have some people who are really fast and then you have a lot of beginners and you see how the pool makes it very accessible and a lot, like you can rest on the, on the wall. It makes it a little chaotic. But, um, sometimes I was like, oh man, I don't, I'm, it's like a little chaotic in there, but they do a time trial start and you can seed yourself and um, and then it's a 16 and up wave. And then a little bit later they have the kids go and the kids are just like the cutest. <laughs> I mean, it was so cute. I did get to take a picture with these two little girls and their dad spotted me because of my, my fingernails. I was doing like, you know, the Alyssa Gadeski multi yeah, colors, love it. Taylor Swift eras, <laughs> um, matching my kit, but I, you know, a guy spotted me. He was like, Haley. And he's like, I noticed you from your fingernails, which is like the nicest compliment anyone could ever pay me. And then he was like, here, take a picture of my kids. And he like hands me his child. And one, I like, don't realize how like light children are like quite light. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, I can't, I'm strong enough to carry it. Or like, if you've been tossing iron Haley, maybe you're just getting super strong. <laughs> maybe I am. I'm like, Oh, my weight room is like paying off. So I like, he hands me down like one, one after one, his children. And then I like take a picture with these cute, like little girls about ready to uh, take the start. And then I like hand them back up to him. And I'm like, this is so bizarre for me, but it was still so cool. I mean, they were, and then I did get to see one of them uh, when she finished. So um, very cool, very cool moments. And then I headed over to the finish line 
um, and, you know, got ready to hand out medals. And lo and behold, first woman across the line was Betty. So that was so cool. That's so um, she awesome. got to like lift the tape and, um, you know, I got to give her her medal and that was just a really cool moment. And, you know, cause Betty's been a huge supporter of me. I talk about her frequently, I think on the podcast, but, uh, got me into the sport, you know, when I was 22 and she was 44 and, um, you know, we raced Ironman together. And since then she has gone through cancer treatment and, you know, is in remission now back to racing, tearing it up in her new age group and also tearing it up overall. And I think she had won St. Anthony's, uh, like I think Olympic distance in like 93. So oh, it's like 30 cool. years yeah. later, she's back and winning the meek and mighty. And then I heard, I didn't make it over to awards cause I was handing out a lot of medals, but I heard the Atlanta tri-sisters were like sweeping some of the podium spots, like just everywhere. And Julie was like everywhere. And it was just so, oh God, it was so cool. And, um, so it was fun to like meet some people and, uh, just witness the joy of people coming across the finish line. Cause we don't get that view all the time. You know, we get our own, but like, like watching, I mean, some of these children also the medical team, a plus to them, because a lot of children like vomit when they go across the line. It was, it was like watching cat like reflexes, this medical team. Cause I guess it's, I mean, it's sponsored by a hospital and they have these barf bags and they're just like sliding them right under the kids' mouths. It was great. Cause I think the children will won. Betty, after she won, she goes back out to cheer for the kids. And like at the last turnaround, she's like, the finish is right there. Sprint it in. There's <laughs> like going so hard. Cause you have Betty telling them to go so hard and you know, things happen, but it was, it was inspiring. And it's inspiring, but Haley, it doesn't sound like the most restful day to have before your own race, which was coming the next day. And I believe I saw that the weather wasn't going away, right? So I don't know if Saturday was, well, Saturday was the pool swim, right? So it was okay that the weather maybe was a little bit rougher, but like, um, I did see that the triathlon for you all became a duathlon. So tell our listeners kind of how that unfolded and how you reacted to that. Right. I definitely, I mean, it was a lot of time on my feet and I had been planning for this for a long time. And so I kind of, I had a spreadsheet with like my schedule and I, I kind of knew how things were going to go. And I, my bike did finally come in. And so I was able to put that together. And then I had a few issues shifting and I was able to like find a nice bike mechanic who helped me out a lot. And so I knew there was never a time I was going to do St. Anthony's as a fully rested, everything perfect, a race. Um, like the, the reason I was there was to meet these people, to experience this, to, to swim with the mad dogs, to volunteer at the meek and mighty. I really, really, really wanted to do those things too. So it was just never, it was never going to be a day where I was perfectly rested going into this. And I knew that. And I think, I think that's helped me through my career to like not make every race super high stakes and to understand I'm not going to necessarily be at my very, very best, but that's okay. I, I want to be at my very best, ideally, you know, on the whatever full moon or first Saturday closest to the full moon in October. <laughs> that's this year. That's my goal right now this year. Um, and so I think that, you know, that shouldn't keep you from doing races though, if you're not going to be at your very best. And so I think. I could still do pretty well though. Cause I am pretty good at managing my energy. I went in with like a logistics plan and I, I am an endurance athlete so I can handle the effort of handing out some medals, which is, you know, there's a technique to it, but, um, I'm good at it now, but anyway, um, so the pro meeting was a little bit after my, after my volunteering duties went to the pro meeting. That is where they announced that, uh, it would be a duathlon because they were expecting extremely high winds overnight. And, um, you know, it, it made sense. I think it was like a coast guard slash fire slash police de decision. And, um, they just weren't going to put boats out there. And so there was no way that was going to happen. Bummer for Julie Walker, who was doing the swim part of a relay. Um, so I know that she ended up, I think deferring. So we made a duathlon. That was a little bit of a, I mean, getting the can swim canceled wasn't like that much of a, you know, it happens, but then actually adding on the first run. <laughs> so we did a, what we planned to do a 1.2 mile run uh, 25 or 40 K bike, and then a, uh, 10 K or 6.2 mile run. So it's like, Oh goodness. Um, this is a little different. I've done one other race like this as an age grouper. So more than 11 years ago. And so, but I was like, okay, I like new and interesting experiences. So I'm going to go into this embracing the new and interesting experience. I'm not exactly sure how the race is going to play out. Um, I have a 
fair amount of confidence in my run. And I mean, I don't know about my 1.2 mile run, but I was like, actually, I think I could probably like have, you know, hang in there. I'm like, I'm just going to see how it goes. And honestly, how, how hard the winds were blowing, there was a part of me that thought this race wasn't going to happen. Um, and disappointed a little bit, but also at peace being like, I've done so much this weekend. This was such a worthwhile trip. And I've met so many people. I've kind of gotten re-energized with what I love about the sport. And I, if, you know, mother nature decides it doesn't need to happen, I will be just fine. And when I woke up that next morning, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was blowing. It was, I could hear it. It was like, I was like, oh man, there's no way this race is happening. The one nice thing, Alyssa was the race got like postponed an hour. And that was what I needed more than anything was like another hour of sleep. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I was not, uh, I was not quite on the East coast time and yeah, well-rested, but I, you know, got my stuff ready, got out of the Airbnb because I was, had an ambitious post-race plan as well. And I, um, got everything loaded and I was like, I'll just go down there and see what happens. And then this storm rolled in and it was like raining. And then all of a sudden it like cut the wind died down and it wasn't mm-hmm. as crazy. There was like definitely a casualty and like that one of the giant tents that was oh. out there, like got destroyed. And I think those Yikes. things are very expensive. I mean, it was, it was what, like, I don't think I'd ever had a wind like that on a race morning. That's why I was like, oh man, this is not, but it died down enough that we did start the race. And that was like, pretty cool. And so that first run, um, you know, I, I started out and everyone was like sprinting so fast and I was like, like 13th out of 13, I think off the line. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, endurance Haley kicked in and I was just like slowly moving up. And it was like, it was pretty cool. Like I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep moving up slowly. And then we got to like the turnaround, which I guess is only like a little over half a mile. So this is all happened pretty quick. And I felt like really good. And so I like moved into like second, third place or something like that. And I was like, how did this happen? I'm like, I'm a sprinter. And, um, and so I like got up, I think Victoria Lopez and Kaylee Slade were like leading and, Initially, my plan was to just hang behind Paula Finley and Jody Simpson, but I just couldn't resist. I, I got to keep this interesting. Also, I know I have like the worst transitions out of anyone in this group. And so I was like, I need some help. I need a gap. So I kind of come up on Victoria and I like could feel her surging. Like she definitely didn't want me to go by. I think there was a preem for fastest swim. And so I was like, I wonder if there's a preem for fastest mm. run. I mean, maybe. So I was like, you know, and I was like, or at least I can like kind of wear her out if I keep her surging. So we like kind of get this little gap. And I was just so excited that I was running so fast and it made so, it made so much fun. And we like followed the cones and then we were like running back to transition and they're like, wrong way, wrong way. And like all these people and like Victoria was a little ahead of me. And I was like, oh man, we made a wrong turn. And so we had to like backtrack. Oh, shoot. And so I know it's only a 1.2 mile run and we made a wrong turn. I'm like, goodness. And so- I think like Paula and Jody and Kaylee had all kind of made the wrong turn too, but like basically reversed order because mm. like they were able to turn around a little bit quicker. And so we lost the gap, kind of all came into transition ahead. I think I was like fourth going into transition. Um, and so, but then I had like a weirdly fast transition. I got out on the bike first, which was like, why did that happen? And then um, I had a really hard time putting my shoes in, my feet, my shoes. I'm such a long course athlete who lives in the snow. And, um, also I just like think I'm not used to wearing socks and I don't know. It was like one of those weird things. And then we're going over these cobblestones and like my front hydration unit, like I hadn't attached it. Right. And I was like, really living up to like St. Anthony's is great for beginners. Cause I was like, <laughs> I acted like I was a beginner. And so, you know, some, some small pains on the bike. Um, my technical skills were not a plus on the bike in the wind or with the turns, Without a rental car, I did not, I did not pre-drive the course. I should have. Um, at one point I was riding with Jody Stimson. I was like, oh, I should go ahead. And then we go over these speed bumps. And like I went over, like I had never seen a speed bump in my life. And you know, she gave me a little like she's I think she yelled something at me and I was like, I deserve to be yelled at. Please go ahead. <laughs> like I will just, I was like, how about I just follow you through this technical section, which was great for me. It was a big bonus for me because I kind of could follow her line and she's such a great technical cyclist. And I was like, Oh, I'm learning some things here, but I just, there were moments in that bike. I felt really pretty good. But then I also felt like, Haley, you've ridden a bike before. Come <laughs> on, get your shit together. So I did, um, you know, I made it through though. And I came off the bike, I think fourth behind Paula was leading Victoria second, or I don't know if Lisa or Victoria was second off the bike. Um, and then I was fourth 
And um, I couldn't see anyone in front of me, got on the run. I wasn't feeling quite as good the second run, but then I started feeling better as we went. And it's a gorgeous run. I mean, you're running through like these very, very expensive neighborhoods that probably normally don't let people like me in. And so I like got to like, I mean, I wasn't really admiring the houses. I was going as fast as I could, but it was just pretty cool. It was out back course. And, um, and so I got to kind of see people at the turnaround and I felt like I was really far behind, but I guess it wasn't that far. I think that's just like optical illusion. But when we made the turn, I was pretty hot and we had this huge headwind and I was like, oh yes, thank God, because it cooled me off, <laughs> you know, it slowed me down a little bit. And I just kind of tried to keep pressing. I'm like, okay, it's only six miles. It's only six miles. You can handle this. Like keep pressing, like think of it as a hard workout. And like, you're so lucky you get to be out here rather than like, you know, the alternative of not having the race. And I, I didn't realize I got within like 20 seconds of Lisa, who was like in third. And I was like, oh man, I wish I would have known, but oh, well that's racing. And, um, I, I was pretty happy with my 37. I think I ran a 37 Ooh, for that second. Tech very race. nice. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. I feel like for some reason, I feel like I could have done a 36. And so I was like, oh, but there's like little bits where I was like, I think I wrote a one Oh two or something. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I could have been a little faster, but that's maybe the reason I need to go back. Um, and yeah, so, there we go. You know, now and I, I feel like and- going back with a swim, even if it's a harder swim, that's only going to help you too. So now you'll like have the lay of the land for the bike and the run and you can practice yes. some, some, you can shovel out some technical courses to practice in Bozeman over the winter next winter. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I like, I handled the technical parts of Miami so well, but I think I got to pre-ride that course. It's just like a little bit different. And I did probably prioritize other events other than, uh, than, you know, seeing the course ahead of time. And I just thought I was like, Oh, it's flat. It's fast. And, you know, but, and it was very windy and I handled that. Okay. I stayed upright, you know, for the most part, things were really good. And I'm really proud of how I pulled off the whole thing and to finish fourth and run that well. Um, you know, it, it felt like a big, you know, a good, good confidence boost that I needed. And and just also like a very much a, I came out of it, like so motivated, like I coming out of this, like, I think that happens sometimes when you go to a race, like you get to be around a lot of other triathletes and see people and meet people. And we get so caught up with like being alone in our training all the time that it's like, Oh, there's other people doing this too. And it was so fun. And the weather was, you know, not good, but not terrible. (laughs) And so, and then I came back to Bozeman. Oh man. So that was the thing post-race. I did have to pack my bike real quick, um, in front of Betty's hotel in front of the Hilton, which is odd and gets you a lot of looks and people wanted to chat with you. And I'm like, no, 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 don't chat. I'm like doing this. They're like, how much does that weigh? I'm like, I don't know. That's my favorite question that people like want to know about the bicycle. It's like, how much is it? And you're like, actually like they look really light, but like the the weight isn't the thing, right? Like this is not made to be like super, super light. And then you get stuck explaining that to people. And then they look at you like you have three heads because they don't really understand. And you're like, yeah, we should just have a good day. <laughs> I know they were, that was, I get that a lot. I'm like, it's more than, it also, they pick it up and they're like, that's more than I thought. I yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's aerodynamic. It's not just wait light. till I put three bottles on it for an Ironman. Then it's really heavy. Yeah. I'm like, it's a flat course. It doesn't matter. But, um, but it's like, I know it was so funny. They're like, how much does this race cost? And I was like, I don't know. Go to the website. <laughs> Well, that's why after they ask how much the bike costs, because they love to ask that too. They do they love to ask that. And then they're like, well, do you make money? And you're like, yeah. Don't ask me these, stop asking me these questions. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let me pull out my tax return. You can decide if I'm living my life in a good way. And you're probably going to decide no, but, um, it was, I mean, it was fine, but it was like so windy. So I'm also like, have everything like weighted oh, no. down. And I was like, you know, cause I was just, I had, I had already checked out of my place and I was like, just trying to get everything situated to get to the airport again, very ambitious, this whole thing, but pulled it off. I made it to the airport. I made it back to Bozeman. Flight was delayed again, got in at 1am last night oh. and I got home to cowboy and he was like, so happy to see me and it made it all worth it. And I woke up this morning feeling like garbage, but I went for an easy swim. I feeling better. The weather here is oh, so nice. Oh my gosh. You know how last time I came back from my trip and I was like really hoping all the snow would be gone. And I was like really ready to get on it. And that didn't happen. We got like two feet. And then this time I come back, snow's gone 65 yes. degrees. Like, yeah. okay onward to Coeur d'Alene. It's going to be, you know, a good, I'm motivated, I'm healthy and I'm working on rehydrating. So excellent. And we're glad that you are. Yeah. You're, you made it to podcasting, which is always appreciated. I think you have surely inspired some people to add St. Anthony's to their list for next year. So, um, I think that, but you did have to miss, it sounds like 
Julie Walker and the Atlanta Tri-Sisters post-race party. That's like the Sunday party that they have, right? Oh man. So we'll have to get you back there and then you'll just have to plan for that flight for Monday. So you can hit that party next year. That'll be like the, the one thing you haven't done too. I know. I know. I don't know how the parties were going. I mean, it was very windy. I don't know exactly like, um, but I think I'm the sure they made, if I know them, they made it happen. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I think the mad dogs have a post-race pizza party too. I missed all the post-race parties. I got some ice cream, which was, you know, pretty good. And then, um, you know, I did, uh, I, I, we actually filmed like the voiceover for my YouTube at the airport. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like again my I, this was a very ambitious and very ambitious trip and I'm just so proud of myself for pulling it off um I mean I won't do this every time but I think it was it was pretty cool and I don't think I recommend it for everyone but I think St. Anthony's I recommend for everyone do it sign up for whatever distance and you know next year the weather is going to be just perfect but um Alyssa I'm making a quick transition here in Bozeman though because you know it's a big week for me too this weekend <laughs> It is Taylor Swift week, which might be like more exciting than a race. I think like I, yeah, you definitely need to take a couple days here, get in like recovery boots. I don't know, rub recovery cream, do recovery things, whatever you need to do to like get yourself in that headspace to be ready to be at the Taylor Swift concert for hours on end. Yes. Like I'm headed out Thursday. I'm flying to Nashville. And I mean, I came home in between because I didn't want to bring my bike to Nashville <laughs> and all my luggage. Um, and so I did, and I also missed Cowboy and I needed to release a dog sitter, but I, um, I definitely am excited to, it's going to be so weird. I never go to trips like without a bike and I'm like, I never go on trips without a race, but this, I, I do think I'm treating this like a race. Like I am hydrating this week. I need to like, uh, just get myself really in the mindset. I'm like, you know, packing my outfit. Like I would pack a kit you know, and just making sure I have everything together. We have a hydration plan for the race. We've looked up like the stadium guidelines for, you know, what you can bring in. I think you can bring in an empty water bottle and refill it. So we have all our plans and, um, I'm, I'm pretty psyched. I had some friends who went to in Atlanta last week and everyone is just like, so they're like, I'm so happy for you. You get to experience it. And so I'm like, ah, I, I will have the full report next week. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I can't wait to hear all about that. And Haley, since we got your race report this week, we aren't going to do a mailbag question this week. So mailbags are coming in though, and we definitely encourage more. We're going to take a little bit of a longer mailbag segment for next week. So send us your mailbag questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And we will get to those. We'll knock a few out next week. And Haley, I think it's time. Is it time for, to introduce our guest for this week? I know. I feel like this is, we have a, a beginner triathlete on this week. Um, in a way, in a way, our guest this week is Olympian Colleen Quigley. So Colleen did represent team USA at the 2016 Olympic games in Rio de Janeiro on the track. She ran the steeplechase there. And, but more recently she made a lot of news in the triathlon world when she raced and won her first triathlon at the Triton man draft legal sprint distance race this past February. We talked to Colleen a few weeks after that race. We get to hear her thoughts on, on her performance there, what she thought of the race, what she thinks of triathlon in general. Uh, her future plans in triathlon and on the track. And now that she isn't tied to a single shoe sponsor, we asked her for her take on, on super shoes. What does she wear? We'll have all of that uh, in our full conversation with Colleen after a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast to Colleen Quigley, triathlon champion now. How are you doing? Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. Um, yeah, I guess I am. I'm officially a triathlete now because I've done a race. So I, I do feel good about that. Yeah. And you won, you won your first race, which is not something to be embarrassed about. I think that's something that's super cool. And you have posted a bit on social media about that win at the Tritonman draft legal sprint distance race a few weeks ago, but we'd love to hear the full story. So what did you think of your first triathlon? Yeah, well, you guys will appreciate this. I have been calling it the Triton Woman because oh, yeah. yes, good. 
um the triton woman went really well i yeah it was my first race it was a sprint distance um so i'm sure your listeners are well versed and all that i don't have to explain um but yeah it was a sprint and it was a oh gosh what's the acronym like emr ed edr edmr whatever it's a opportunity for anyone who doesn't have their pro card yet if you finish in the top three amateurs you can earn your pro card so that was my goal. And I guess there's not that many of those races throughout the year. Um, so we had, we saw that was an opportunity and I hadn't planned on doing one this spring, um, but training was going really well. And I knew I was going to have a track season. And so I didn't really want to kind of um, distract myself during the track season with doing a triathlon. So my coach and I, Greg Mueller and I were kind of like, well, it's kind of like now or in the fall. And so we were just like, what the heck, let's just, you know, kind of go now. Um, and so I uh, achieved that goal of finishing in the top three and earning my pro card. And then now I'll kind of like pivot and focus on the track season throughout the summer and then look to do some uh, more triathlons in the fall. Um, so I know it's kind of a a typical, you know, approach to things. Um, and everyone keeps asking me, so like, does this mean you're not doing track anymore? Or like, are you full triathlon? Or like, there's just like a lot of questions, because I think it is a weird thing to do that not a lot of people like, really try to do both sports at once. But um, it's been working me for me so far. And I find it really fun. So that's how I'm kind of like, yeah, like balancing the two and thinking about it. And you mentioned qualifying for your pro card there. So have you yes. like, have you submitted your application with USA triathlon? <laughs> are you officially a pro triathlete or are you planning to still kind of race the season as an amateur and then take the jump? What's do you, do you know, can yeah. you share that yet? Sure. I need to talk to my coach more about it, but he mentioned something I actually, so I got a really bad sinus infection right after the race oh. and I got kicked on my butt for like a week. Apparently that is a thing with triathlons with open water swim oftentimes the, the water is you know not the cleanliest and so you you know you can get sick after so that happened to me um and so I need to circle back with my coach on this conversation but I guess there's like the window where you can do it and then but if you don't race for a certain amount of time after you claim your card like that's an issue it's much more complicated than I realized and also like just the process of getting your pro card um, is very foreign to me like we don't have that in track you you know if you're like fast you get into races and you can race with pros and you can call yourself a pro if you want or you don't it looks like not a thing in track so uh, I need to find out more about like if I don't race for a while if I like claim my pro card but then I like don't race again for a while like what does that mean you know <laughs> so uh, the answer to that is I don't know yet I have not officially claimed it yet and we're trying to figure out some details but yeah yes. a special part of our sport you get like an actual card <laughs> that you yeah. can show people yeah I think you have like a year so I feel like mm -hmm. you have time but it is once you have it like you wouldn't be able to do an amateur race in the fall so you'd have to do like a pro race um so I guess that is that is good to have that conversation I'm glad you have some guidance there yes. but going back to the yes. race coach is calling me at this moment but it's oh. <laughs> gonna have to wait <laughs> yeah, thanks thank you sorry Greg um we appreciate your time um you can tell him you know we said hello and but you are going back to this race you are known for racing the 3k steeplechase on the track it's a race that takes like roughly nine minutes and a sprint triathlon you know a short distance triathlon it took over an hour <laughs> and it had a 19 minute 5k and even a 5k is kind of a long race for you so how yeah. did that longer distance feel totally yeah i was thinking about it like leading up to the race and looking at you know i was looking at results from the year before and stuff to just get an idea of like, okay, like swimming for like 11 minutes and then biking for 35 minutes and doing, I'm like, yeah, like the total time is like an hour, an hour and five minutes. I was like, I've never done a race where I was competing for that long. The, the longest race I've ever competed in has been a 5k on the track. And so just like thinking about that mentally, I was like, I'm going to be competing for an hour. Like that seems so long. And then triathletes are like, ha ha ha, <laughs> you're funny. You're cute. You know, <laughs> like that's really short. <laughs> so it's definitely a different, a different world. Cause yeah, my rate, my steeplechase race is about nine minutes. Um, one thing I've noticed that, that has been majorly different in triathlon training and also my race was that fueling becomes super, super important. Like if I'm out on my bike for three or four hours, 
um, and not eating and drinking, like I will not be well. Um, and so my coach is like very, um, he's on top of like the nutrition stuff. So I had a bottle on my bike that had calories in it that I was, I downed pretty much, I probably got through like three quarters um, of my bottle on the bike. And I never felt like um, I was tapped on energy stores or like bonking or like feeling like zapped. I felt great by the time I got to the run. Um, and I definitely felt like, I felt like I didn't even finish on empty because I was so, um, I, I got, I went from 17th to first in half of the 5k, like in the first half of the 5k. And then I found myself in the front and I was like, oh dang, like, did I do that too fast? Like, am I going to crash and burn now? You know, like I'm new to this. So maybe I just made like a fatal error that I, you know, I, I wasted too much energy trying to get to the front too quickly and now I'm just gonna die and embarrass myself you know so I feel like I kind of like backed off a little bit at that point I was like maybe I should just chill out for a little bit and make sure that I don't you know embarrass myself basically um but then I felt like when I finished I was like oh I definitely had more in the tank like I was just being a little tentative um and I think if there had been people ahead of me that I was like still chasing I I definitely like would have kept going um, but just being such a newbie, there was definitely like a little bit of throughout the whole process being a newbie. I felt like there was a little bit of like, you know, maybe you don't go to ham and then <laughs> find out the bad way what your, you know, your limits are. So that was definitely interesting. But the hour long race. Um, yeah, that was that was a long time to be out there competing for me personally. And Colleen, from the race photos, it looked like you were wearing ASICs on the run. So can you tell us about your shoe choice? Yeah, so I work with Lululemon, and they're my main sponsor. They picked me up in uh, 2021. They're an incredible sponsor, incredible partner. Um, but they only have kind of everyday running shoes. They don't have like a performance running shoe yet. So their Blissfield um, running shoe is like the just kind of everyday trainer that I wear. Um, it's very cushy and just like great for anyone who's doing, you know, just crushing some miles, especially if you like run a lot on pavement. I think it's a great shoe for like pavement runners, um, but definitely not like a performance racing shoe. So um, kind of best of both worlds for me. I just get to like wear what I have total free range to wear whatever I want, whatever brand I want when it comes to racing. So it's like spikes and flats and, you know, like super shoes. Um, I can wear whatever I want, which has been really fun. So I've been experimenting over the last couple of years with um, a few different brands, a few different shoes. And I actually wear like different brands for speed workouts than I do. I wear a different brand for tempo runs and um, VO2 stuff. I might go for a different, you know, it's kind of, I'm all over the place with brands, which is actually like, as a pro runner, you don't usually get that freedom, you know, like you have to stick to one brand and maybe they make a great spike, but like, you don't really like their training shoes very much, or, you know, they just haven't figured out the super shoe thing yet. And so you have to like make concessions, but I just feel like I get, you know, the best of both worlds that, um, I've amazing apparel, apparel, amazing everyday training shoes. And then whoever makes the spike I like, whoever makes the flat I like, like I get to use those. So I did go with the ASICS Metaspeed Sky for this race. Um, and I like their like super shoe, um, that's what people call like the, you know, like the plated shoes. Um, so I like, I think I like their version the best of the ones that I've tried. Um, and it works pretty well, except I will say this race had a decent amount of grass which was a surprise to me. I was like, okay, we're running cross country for a minute. Um, and the super shoes just like, don't do great. They're really meant for like pavement. Um, they're not great for unstable, like squishy surfaces because the shoe itself is kind of like squishy. Um, and so for that portion, I probably would have been better off with just like, a um, just like a traditional flat, like a streak or something. But yeah, I mean, you couldn't, you just had to go with whatever you could, you know, uh, best deal with the circumstances. So that, and then there was one U-turn, like where it was like a straight up 180 around a cone and the super shoes also don't do well, um, with those types of turns. Cause again, unstable. Um, so, you know, whenever you're, you're choosing a shoe choice, you have to think about all these things and potentially like the race scenario that you're in might be different than when, where you usually train. Um, so if you usually train, you know, on pavement and then your race ends up being 
um, a lot on grass or something or gravel, um, you know, you have to think about those things. But I think for this particular instance, it was probably the right choice, the best choice. Yeah. And so I talked to your former Bowerman track club teammate, Gwen Jorgensen last December, and she said that she could not take credit for your interest in triathlon, (laughs) but she did say that you were a really, really strong cyclist. And so it seemed like she was excited to to see you kind of take a step into the sport. So if it wasn't Gwen though, how did you get on a triathlon (laughs) start line? You know, I'm just shocked that Gwen didn't say anything about me being such a strong swimmer. It's like, what the heck Lauren? I didn't ask specifically about that <laughs> I'm teasing I'm not a good swimmer did but you all ever swim together on, did you I all ever compliment on the bike um yeah yeah she's seen she has seen me swim that's why she said about that because she was too nice to be like yeah but she needs to work on her swim but so she just said what I'm good at which is so nice um I have found so much joy um and a surprising amount of ability on the bike um I've been definitely a indoor spin gal for very you know for a few years quite a a while now um like a pelotoner and I would be on peloton like racing you know John from Indiana or whatever um and having fun like with the competition part of it and you know the ease of it being in the house and jumping on whenever you want and um, whenever I was injured from running, I would, I would use spinning a lot. Um, but I didn't know anything about the sport. And so, and also the Peloton bikes are like notoriously, like not accurate for like wattage. Right. So, um, there's that, but there's also me just not knowing like what's 200 Watts. I literally have no idea what that means, you know, or like if that's good or how that compares to other people. And so I was just kind of on the spin bike, like doing my own thing. Um, like racing people, but I went to the, what do they call it? The, um, development camp that, that USAT does for, um, CRP, the college, college recruitment program camp that's that, um, USAT hosts every year for like, um, collegiate runners, basically who they think that could be good triathletes um and I did that and they did a five minute power test on the bike with me and they were like oh dang like you can push some watts and I was like see I told you like peloton it works so I I was just like working hard but not knowing uh I didn't really know how I like stacked up Uh, and I also never really rode outside so in September of 2022, this past year, um, I like got a bike for my coach and started doing rides outside. And that was like a major, major unlock for me of just like, this is fun. Like this is some serious, like adventuring. Like I would just love, like he'd have to dial me back on the bike. Like, you know, if he told me I could go two hours, I would go two hours and five minutes. Like I would be like, I'm not getting off the bike <laughs> until I absolutely have to before I'm like slightly being disrespectful of my coach's orders, you know? So the biking part has been like, that's probably my favorite part about the whole thing. And now that you are officially, you know, a triathlete and paying attention to things going on with um, <laughs> yes. our own pipeline, like, do you have did you watch Gwen's return to triathlon or pay attention to it? Do you have kind of thoughts around that? Yeah, I was really excited to see her go back to triathlon. I mean, I know she didn't achieve like all the goals that she wanted to in running. Uh, and I'm sure that must have been kind of frustrating or feel like, um, you know, yeah, just frustrating to it's always frustrating when you don't achieve your goals. But she is just such a badass at triathlon that um, I mean, even doing her first one back, she looked like back like I never left you know like showing people um that she is willing to put in the work and that you know she's had two babies but she can still kick some major booty of these like young younger athletes you know like um mom of two kids coming back and just like kicking butt uh it's pretty cool so I'm just really glad to see her back and just like getting her mojo back I guess uh is pretty inspiring so um, yeah, I mean, she's got some big goals for 2024 and, and excited to watch that and see how it pans out. I feel like it'd be fun to see the two of you on a relay together in triathlon. I mean, the triathlon relay, she said that's like one of the reasons she wants to come back. And I feel like that'd be pretty cool. You've mentioned your triathlon coach, Greg Mueller, a few times you met him, 
you met him at that USAT camp and how involved is he going to be going forward as you transition your focus back to the track? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's something that we're just trying to like feel out because we've never done, I don't think anyone's ever really done this before, like trains like a triathlete uh, and raced on the track. And it's exciting for me because I feel like I'm not the only one who deals with um, reoccurring injuries and having a hard time building consistency and training and um, being able to use their talents in a way that, you know, like maximizing my abilities just because I keep getting injured. I know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Um, and so I've been able to train really consistency consistently for the past seven ish months, um, training as a triathlete. Um, and so I'm like, wow, like I haven't like had that amount of training without a setback from injury in probably like three or four years. It's been a long time since I've been able to build, you know, that much of a training block without having to, it always feels like I'm like two steps forward, one step back, you know? And so I've just been like building forward and forward and forward um, and going into the track season, feeling like healthy and strong um, and not like super uber fit. Like, I don't think I could go out and run a PR right now, but I have like a really strong base to build off of, you know, in February to like, be like, okay, it's only February. I have a really strong base to build a whole track season off of. And I haven't had a full track season since before COVID. So I'm really excited about that. But there's also like, I don't really know how this is going to work. Like how much cycling do I want to keep in my routine? How much swimming do I want to keep in there? Um, but Greg is really down for that adventure with me and figuring out what the right balance is for me. And, you know, we're not worrying about a whole team of people. Like we're just worried about what I need. And so that those individual needs are going to be prioritized, which is also not something I, that's not how I was training before I was training with a team where, you know, it wasn't based off my needs. It was based off the team's needs. Um, so a lot of it will be different. But I'm also excited to see like if we can do this and if it like ends up working where I'm like running fast and, you know, running faster than I ever have. Um, I think it could be a really cool blueprint for other athletes who find themselves injured a lot um, and show them like, yes, running is a great way to run faster, but you can also use other tools in order to make you run faster and stay healthy and build consistent training. Um, and you don't have to just run 90 miles a week in order to be a fast runner. Um, so I'm hoping that like, this could be a kind of a, yeah, just like a new blueprint that in other injury prone athletes could use and, and younger athletes might be able to see and like, um, be able to be like, okay, there's more than one way to do this thing. Like maybe I can incorporate some other types of training and end up staying healthy and, um, with less injuries and, you know, end up running faster. So we'll see. The answer is like, I really know yet how much of those training things I'm going to keep in. Um, but we're going to let it kind of develop naturally and see how my body adapts. Um, one thing I will say is like, I do like a hard bike ride and the next day I wake up, feel fantastic. My whoop says my heart rate variability is still really high. And Greg and I always joke about like biking cannot touch my body. Like, I don't know what it is. The next day, wake up, feel great. Every time I do like a hard bike ride, uh, I recover so fast. I think a lot of that is due to the nutrition that happens on the bike and the recovery that happens on the bike. Um, but I think also a lot of it is like, I'm so happy when I'm on the bike that like, I don't feel like the literal stress doesn't happen on the bike. Um, for me, as much as, you know, maybe I get more stressed out about like a running workout and it's harder on my body because of the impact. And so I'm like all about keeping, I'm like, I want to keep as many bikes in my schedule as I possibly can. So yeah, we'll see. You'll have to like follow along. I'll share, be sharing all that on social media as I go and, and, uh, and see what happens. And Colleen, your energy for the bike is contagious, but you, you did poke a little bit of fun <laughs> at yourself for your swimming. And we're going to talk about swimming for, for just a few minutes here. Um, but you actually just started swimming in 2015. So, you know, when you take that into account, like your swim at Trainman was really solid. And it sounds like, um, you know, when you talked in the alley on the run show, it sounded like your, you felt like your swim had really progressed over the past couple of months. So 
Are there specific drills or sets that you think have really helped you kind of find that progression or have you just been swimming all the yards to get yourself there? Yeah, definitely. Um, drills for sure. Like I would say for anyone who's like trying to figure out how to swim better for many years, I just thought if I swam more, I would get better and like kind of yes, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's just so different than running. If you don't know what you're doing in the pool, you don't even know what mistakes that you're making. Um, like, I don't know, you're just not going to get very much faster just by, you might get aerobically stronger um, and be able to like sustain what you're doing for longer, but you're not actually going to move through the water very, very much faster because of like the technique things that you're doing wrong. So for example, I went to a camp with Greg and a few of his athletes at the beginning of the year. And we did, I've been doing these drills. Like he's been, you know, sending me the drills. I'm doing the drills. We got to work together in person a little bit at that camp. And, you know, I learned some of these drills, like a fist drill where you just like, you know, put your hand in a fist and then like try and swim like that, you know, like stuff, stuff like that, right. I have never done before, like catch up drill um, sculling. I'd never even heard of the word sculling before, before that camp. <laughs> now I hate that word. <laughs> um, but also known as like the slowest way possible to move through the water. I feel like when you're not very good at it either. So <laughs> you need to find a good breaststroker. If you have a good breaststroker, they can yeah. scull like no one's business. <laughs> Crazy. And also just like words, like terminology, like Greg will talk about holding water and having a feel for water. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I don't, I'm not holding it's water. You can't hold water. (laughs) You are out of your mind. (laughs) But once you start to feel it and like connect the dots, it feels so good. You're like, Oh, like I'll have, I'll have one day, like I'll do drills one day and they'll feel horrible. And I'm just like, Oh, the, my favorite is where, when he has me tie up my ankles with like a rope thingy and then makes me try and swim like that. And I'm like, great. Now I'm drowning. Like, thank you. Um, and I'll feel horrible. Like doing the drills. I'm like, this is a waste of my time. I'm so grumpy. <laughs> like I hate drills. But then the next day I'll go and like do a swim. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes the next day I'll be like, oh, I feel like I just held water. And- and it's gone. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. You know what I mean? I'm like, I get it. No, no, I don't anymore. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I get, I like, I think it just takes a long time to like let those things sink in. And then you, it's just like feel, you have to like learn how to like feel the water more and be more like, it's just so different than if you've never swam before. It's so different than anything on land that it takes a long time, but you can't expect yourself to just like continue to go out there and doing the same things that you were like that you've done. And then you're going to get better just by doing them more. Like I just personally, in my experience, no, you're just not going to get better. So I did this camp and we were able to work together in person at the beginning of the year. And then literally a week later, even not even, it was like three days later, I swam like i swimming probably like seven seconds faster in a hundred than I ever had before. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, maybe the sculling like has something <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> I'm like, not, I'm not seven seconds fitter in four days. Right. Like, that's not possible. So it was definitely a technique thing. Um, so yeah, I think, and having someone like helping you in person, he was, you know, telling me from afar and I would send him videos, you know, of me swimming. And then he would say, okay, like your feet are dropping. Like you need to like be stiffer. And I'm like, you're going to have, I don't know what you're, (laughs) you know, but when you're in person and you can like, and then like, maybe they can show you what it's supposed to look like. And then you can try to emulate that. I don't know. I think drills and anytime you can get someone in person to help you with the swim, that's like your only hope. (laughs) And then you have a, oh, Yes. Practice, practice helps with everything, but, uh, Colleen, you have a huge social media following and you are, as you said, following your own path right now, doing something very different. Um, I imagine that brings, you know, comments and people who having very strong opinions about what you're doing. How do you, how do you handle that while you're still engaging with your audience? Yeah, honestly, I have found, and maybe I'm just like a total ditz and not paying attention but I found like people have been so welcoming to this process and like the triathlon community has been 
so so open arms like welcoming me and excited to see me you know go through this um kind of journey and transition and I just feel like it's been so positive and then like that being said like my friend texted me the other day and said like congrats on your like first race like saw you win like don't let the haters get you down and I was like what who's I'm what do you wear (laughs) great that's great news yeah (laughs) yeah and so I hadn't noticed anything he's like oh like let's run is like going off about you right now and I was like oh well like okay the scum of the earth is always going to be there like there are places that like will always be horrible like I think swimmers have swim swam it's like they're like gossip thing I don't know if triathlon has its own like you don't even need to know about it yeah just don't even worry about it don't worry (laughs) just go feisty media iron women we will be all for you so anyway yeah I'm like oh I had I was like he responded saying it's like let's run I was like oh well yeah I like don't bother getting on let's run you know so I feel like I just ignore the places where I know nasty people live um and so in my little bubble everyone has been so nice and so (laughs) so welcoming and so supportive and though I will say I've said this a couple times but they need to get their flowers the women who I competed against that Triton woman um were so like the pro women who were there there's a few women who had already gotten their pro cards that were competing um and I expected a little bit more like cold shoulder a little bit more like you'll figure it out like I'm not you know I'm not gonna like tell you anything that might help you type of like response but um I rode the course with three of the women the day before um we cooled down together like the night before um one of them was like texting me asking you know are you do you have any questions after the mandatory meeting like are you good I'll set for tomorrow I'm like what is like you guys are so nice is that Um, different than the than like track experiences well I mean I definitely think you know and I'm very comfortable in the track community and and I know a lot of people there so I go to races and it's like hey 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 and everyone's super friendly and you know it's not like there's only been one experience that I've had with a girl who's in the steeplechase who was not nice and I won't name her name but like that that there's a nasty girl in in my event um but mostly everyone's like friends I just didn't know how they were going to react to like a new person on the scene who you know they seen as might see this like competitor who's coming in and I don't know I just didn't know how they were gonna like feel about me um and maybe maybe things that they thought about me um from social media or what have you um but I was just like oh wow this is amazing and you know they were just like oh yeah like no big deal they were super chill about it even after you know I won I thought maybe it might change after I won maybe you know wouldn't be so nice anymore but they were still so nice and like nothing changed at all so that was a a surprise that was super positive yeah well we you know here at iron women are so excited you're in the sport we hope you continue to have great experiences we're wishing you the best uh in your track season and headed into the i guess u.s champs world champs in Budapest, hopefully. And we'll be cheering you on and then excited for you to come back hopefully in the fall and try a few more races. But thank you so much, Colleen, for chatting with us today. Yeah. Thank you. You guys have done your homework. Dang. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thanks for all the support. It feels great. Thanks to Colleen for coming on. And Haley, we did see that Colleen just raced a road mile and ran, what did you say? She ran a 432 road mile. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is super speedy. And I also saw her Instagram post just telling her fans again that she is doing track season. She's not full on triathlon at this point, but we are excited to have Colleen as a triathlete and welcome her to the sport with open arms. And Haley, your intro, when you talked about St. Anthony's triathlon turned to duathlon, got me thinking about the time that I have done a run bike run and guess what Olympic triathlete I raced in my duathlon. Taylor Nib. No, this was probably when Taylor Nib was like four years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, I'm sorry. It's like, uh, um, uh, Sheila Termina. Early, early days. <laughs> Katie Zafaris. 
but ah, it's lucky to just bear us I at went the time. too early. Yeah, I'm so, like, <laughs> this is like, um, gosh, I tried to look up results one day and they, it was like literally before the internet existed and like people put results on the internet. So it's not, it is only the Maryland connection. I know it's only yeah. permanent in my mind that this happened, but yeah, Kate, I, I think it was like the Hampstead, Maryland duathlon or something. I don't know, something along those lines. It might've been like a shamrock themed event or something, but yeah, it was Katie. Katie was there. And like, I didn't realize it until, you know, several years later when Katie was becoming Katie. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought she was really fast that time. I lost to her by quite a bit at <laughs> duathlon. Um, but it was, it was fine. Again, I just, I really wish we had those results, um, to, to go back and really get a good idea of that. But I think that was one and done for me for duathlon. So there we go. Yeah. I mean, they're fun, but I think triathlon is a little bit more fun. So, uh, but like you said, thanks to Colleen for coming on the show. Can't wait to see if she, what she would do in a 1.2 mile start. I mean, that would have been kind of fun to like have her in that race, but, uh, maybe someday, maybe someday, or we get to see her swim at St. Anthony someday, but Alyssa have a great week. I'll be back with the full Taylor Swift report next week. And, uh, I hope you, I hope you hang in there with some nice weather up there in Vermont. Thanks Haley. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Natitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.